our, our new time guests every single week by saying we are here to build you up, not... I missed that last week. I missed it. Um, yeah, we're here to build you up, not beat you up. You don't have to believe to belong here. We got one rule. If you're in the room, you're family. Like, that's the rule. So we love you. We love meeting new people. We're so, so, so excited that you are here. Hey, so tonight we are continuing in our series entitled Before and After. Who was here last week? Heard the Padillas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they did so good. They did a great job. You guys got to put a timer up for me or else I'm just going to start preaching. I'm not preaching tonight. Um, we, I'm, I'm excited because you're going to hear from two different people tonight. And this, uh, all about like what this story is all about. I know it kind of looks like the Icy Hot logo. Um, it's not. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Uh, this is all about like our stories. And here's, here's what you got to know is that you have a story. Look at your neighbor, say you. <laughs> please, JJ, please, for the love of God, do it. You, you have a story. Hey, okay, so look at you, they, man, you, that neighbor was stuck up. Look at your other neighbor, say you. Yep, now everybody turn around, tell your neighbor behind you, you. See, that don't work. You just talk to the back of someone's head. That's what just happened. Listen, listen to me, listen to me. You have a story, and your story matters, so share it. That meant if you leave with nothing else after four weeks of this series, leave with that. You have a story, and your story matters, so share it. Isn't it so cool? Like, anybody else just, like, get stoked when someone says, hey, want to hear a story? I'm like, I'm always like, oh, my gosh, yes. Like, they'll be like, okay, cool. So I woke up, and I stubbed my toe on the bookshelf, the end. It's like awesome. Like, I just, there's something in human nature about falling in love with a story. And maybe you're someone who, who's new to, to following Jesus. You're new um, to this Christian thing. And you're like, man, I want to kind of tell people about God and about church and about what God's done in my life. But I don't know the Bible. I don't really know, like, you know, the ins and outs of like Jesus and like God and can't even really explain it all. No problem. You, you know what you got? You got your story. And your story matters, so you should share it. Amen? Hey, tonight, uh, the first guy who's going who's gonna to be speaking, um, he's a great friend of mine. Honestly, uh, this guy's become kind of a little brother to me. Um, I love him not only because of his sensational taste for music. He's got a great, actually the first time we ever even connected was over the band shirt that he was wearing. And then we started talking. He's a guitar player. I'm a guitar player. He's very patriotic. I'm very patriotic. <laughs> this guy's also maybe, no pressure, uh, but maybe one of the funniest, wittiest people I've ever met in my life like he is so funny it's like just quick with it too like he's quick on it it is hilarious I love this guy so much what I love more than anything else is um is this is a guy who's never asked for a microphone or a stage and he's perfectly fine being the dude many of you know him standing typically right back here behind an acoustic guitar and and I love that about him because because he has such a powerful story that I think so many people in this room are going to relate to. And I kind of, years ago, when we first talked, we sat at Intaza, the coffee shop right up the street. Don't tell Bean. They'll be mad at me if I told you we went to Intaza. We were sitting at Intaza, and we sat and talked for probably two and a half hours about his story. 
And in that moment, I was like, one day this guy's got to get on the stage in front of my students and tell them his story because it's powerful. So do me a favor, do this. If you don't have a notebook, I know many of you do, crack open that notebook, the journal, the diary, whatever you want to call it. Crack that open. Get ready to write some stuff down. If you don't have one, open your notes app because I promise you this. Some things that are going to be said here in a moment are going to be things that will bless you. They'll challenge you. They'll inspire you. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I really, really, really think that in these moments right here, we are hearing someone's story, but God's speaking to us through their story. Amen? Amen? Hey, you're going to have to help us preach tonight. Amen? All right, do me a favor. Put your hands together. Make some noise for the only, the one and the only, Matthew, the patriotic guitarist, Mentel. I love you too, random citizen. Whoever said that. Hey, if you know that movie, what's up then? That's what's up. Megamind. Oh my gosh, I'm number one fan. All right, guys, what's up? If you guys don't know me, uh, my name is Matthew, and as Corey said, uh, I'm just the guy with the acoustic. Uh, that's really how people know me, just the guitar guy. Um, and before I really get into like my story and stuff like that, I would like to introduce you guys to someone really quick, so I just got to go back there and get them really quick. Prison Matt, or Prison Mike, if any of you guys know what it, get the reference, uh, that's what's up. All right, guys, so let's get into this, okay? This is my, this is my story, and this is how I'm going to tell my story as prison, prison Matt, as my past. My message here is called Doing Time. That's why I picked Prison Mike. Um, so if you're taking notes and you want to put a, a name of it, do Doing Time. All right, let's get into it. So my story... Actually, before I do my story, actually, I told uh, a certain someone that I would call them out for being on FaceTime because they said they couldn't be here. So Jordan Buck, if you're on FaceTime, boom, roasted. <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving on. All right, so my story. Uh, I was raised in a Christian household, uh, but I didn't really know what it felt like to follow Christ until I was about 16. So around 16, I gave my life to God, and that's really when I started to like, figure out how things started to go down and it just got wild from there. But it took me some time to realize that there's a big difference between believing and following. <clears throat> so believing is just acknowledging God is there, but following is like living out the life God called you to. <clears throat> so that's actually my first point, uh, believing versus following. So if you're taking notes, write that down. So now I know my story isn't like super, super crazy, but that doesn't mean I don't play a part in God's plan. And if you're in here and you're thinking, oh, my story isn't wild, crazy, super, super, super wild, whatever you want to say, 
just know that God can use you and he wants to use you. So your story means something to someone, no matter who you are. So share it. Um, <clears throat> let's go back in time. Before I gave my life to God, I was your average person. And around freshman year, I met my, uh, my old friends. And naturally, we all did stupid things together. Uh, like we took a minivan up a uh, mountain to a lookout one time. And it was as sketchy as it sounds. But it was fun. <laughs> around that same time, I met a girl. Yeah, oof, big oof. <laughs> Look, we all do dumb things for people we like sometimes, and doing dumb things for people I liked uh, pretty much sums up my whole story. Uh, but <laughs> so I jumped into this bad relationship when I shouldn't have, and that was a really dumb move. But the dumbest thing that I did, oof, oof, I'm sounding like a pubescent girl up here, my bad. <laughs> Let's act like that didn't happen. Reverse two seconds. Uh, I jumped into a bad relationship when I shouldn't have, and that was a dumb thing. The dumbest thing that I did, though, was lie to my parents a lot, like a lot. It was rough. Um, but what I didn't realize is that lying to my parents was destroying the trust that I had with them. And the, the trust is so important. And it's still, I think it's still a work in progress, building it back up. Uh, but that's totally fine, because it's my fault that it was broken in the first place. Um, so if you get anything from this, let that be one of the things. like. Don't destroy the trust with your parents. Or uh, look at it this way, like don't push away the ones who uh, care most about you, you know? <clears throat> um, let's see. And oh, I'm gonna throw a joke out here that it's in my notes, so I might as well. Who knows if it'll win or fail. Uh, if your mother is anything like mine, <laughs> she's got uh, these things called eyes in the back of her head and uh, she has a spiritual connection with God himself. <clears throat> and pretty much every Christian mother does. So if you're lying to your parents and you think they won't find out, you're wrong. <laughs> so, moving on, I was a pretty sad kid, but no one would have guessed it just because I, uh, I hit it with humor and I still do, I still cope with humor. That's how I am. If you know me, just I always cracking jokes. That's, but I was a pretty sad kid, and no one would have guessed it. Um, by the way, let me just say, usually the people who seem the happiest are usually the ones that are like sad or miserable. So don't assume that someone is just perfectly fine or anything like that, because everyone struggles with stuff. And just keep your eye open for that, you know, and be as generous as you can to everybody and everyone. Um, <clears throat> so I honestly think God allowed me to go through all that I went through <clears throat> to make me who I am today. And I couldn't be more thankful for it <clears throat> because if I didn't go through what I went through, who knows where I would be today? And I really don't think I would be up here at this moment. Um, <clears throat> I think that's why it says, in James 1, uh, 2 through 4, if I could get my Bible to work with me here, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you, <clears throat> I lost my place, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work 
so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. Now, how many really wants to consider their struggles for joy? Nay, 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 not me. But that's what James and God calls us to do. You know, we're supposed to be thankful for everything that we have, even the, the struggles. But moving on, I was still sad and in a bad relationship, and I stayed in that place until I let God in. Uh, God works from the inside out, and you can't expect change if you don't let him in, you know? <clears throat> so sooner or later, oh, actually, we're going to go to my point two. Point two is if you want change, let God start with you. So sooner or later, I got out of this unhealthy relationship and God started to work fast. God can do more in five days than you can do in five years. So even though God was trying to do stuff in my life, I was still like sad and I was missing it all because I was blinded by the pain of people because uh, people will always let you down. Um, but God, God will never let you down. God will always <clears throat> be building you up and doing great things in your life. So even though God was working, I was still sad. Luckily for me, this is around the time that I started getting involved with the church. And everything started to change. But it took some serious time. This is why you got to be patient. This is why you got to stay. <clears throat> this is why you got to trust the process. This is why we say it's not about perfection, but progression. So I remember coming to youth one night. This is actually the story that Corey was talking about. I came to youth one night with my uh, friend, and it was around the first time that I started coming to youth. And I was wearing the shirt that I was wearing earlier. Uh, it's an Avenged Sevenfold shirt. And the first thing Corey said to me was, dude, I like your shirt. And I was just thinking, like, isn't this guy a pastor? <laughs> like, why is he out here listening to this kind of music? I was doing this to be rebellious. What are you doing? <laughs> so. But hey, who knows if, who knows if I would have kept coming if he never said anything about my shirt, you know? It's like, it was nice having someone finally speaking life into my Wednesday nights. And think about it, like what if we spoke life into everyone's day? Like, you know how far a hey, I like your shirt can go? Or like, hey, nice hair. Hey, nice purple bandana. <laughs> anything like that, you know? So just, just imagine what it's like. So. Around this time, I seriously started coming to youth. And if we fast forward a bit, is around the time that I got on the worship team. And this was a big step for me in the right direction. It was, uh, it was exciting. Um, I think around that time, I started to see what God could do in your life when you give him time. And when you just don't believe, but you put that belief into action and begin to follow. So, like, you can believe in God and believe that he'll do these amazing things, but if you don't start following him and living out the life that he calls you to, not much is going to change. So, after getting a taste of what it was like playing worship for God, I instantly wanted more. I started listening to more worship music and started worshiping God more. Sooner or later, my man Joey Sims, if anyone knows him, he's kind of, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I bet you thought I was going to go somewhere else with that, huh? <laughs> uh, he put me on the greeting team. Oh, man. Dude, I never thought I was going to be on the greeting team. Uh, that's not what I envisioned at all. But it was good because I started putting my time into the church, like, a lot. Like, I started serving here a lot, doing a lot of things. So the main thing I want to ask 
is what are you doing with your time? Write that question down if you're taking notes. What are you doing with your time? Are you putting time into the things that are important? Time is so important and most of us don't even realize it. What you do with your time can show how and where your life will go. Are you putting time into things such as, if you're taking notes, you might want to write these things down. Number one, God. Are you putting time into God? You know, you could just spend 15 minutes a day just praying or just giving time to God. Ladies. I didn't say it yet. <laughs> Ladies, say hey. Yeah. When you see that luscious man, he's so cute. So cute. What do you want to do? You want to get to know him. You want to know what his favorite color is. Yeah. <laughs> you want to spend time with him. Spend time with God. Get to know God. Get to know who he is. And the relationship will start from there and it will build more. Uh, number two is God's word. Uh, just spending time into God's word. I try to wake up every day and at least read the daily verse, if not like a devotional beforehand. It try to be like the first thing that I do. So if that's how you have to start with God's word, so be it. Just wake up, read the daily verse. That's all it can take, you know. As long as you're reading at least one verse and getting something out of it every day, you'll start to grow more and you'll naturally get that hunger for more. Number three, I'm going to move on to uh, giving thanks. Giving thanks is so important. Just being thankful for everything that you have and everything. Just waking up every day is a blessing, if you think about it. No day is promised. So just every day when I wake up, I like to thank God just for another day and another opportunity to grow closer to him. And I think that's something that's so important and a lot of us miss. Just be thankful for the roof that you have over your head, the bed that you sleep in, and the food on the table, everything like that, family. Uh, number four is worship. Worship is super important. Uh, it's so intimate and I don't know, it's hard to describe almost. Like when you know it, you know it. <laughs> But worshiping God is just praising him for all the great things that he's done, and you just should continue to do it. Um, I don't mean to, like, come at anybody when I say this, but God, like, really put this on my heart. Uh, God gave his one and only son to die for our sins, and we can't even raise our hands all the way up during worship, or we can't even move our lips to sing a few words. You know, it's not like... So I challenge you, if you raise your hands to here, raise your hands up here. If you, if you stand there with your hands in your pocket because you have street cred, <laughs> put them up, even if it's right here. But if you go right here every time, I encourage you to raise it up more. If God's calling you to do that and you're feeling it, you shouldn't because you're scared of what other people will think of you, uh, you're missing the point. Um, because it's really not about that. And I guarantee you, anyone in this room is not going to really be paying attention to you. 99% uh, of the room has their hands raised, so it's like, don't be afraid to do that. Uh, number five is prayer. Prayer is just talking to God. Uh, so most people don't want to go a full day without talking to their best friend. Uh, so put God in that position. You should talk to God about everything that's going on in your life and everything that's just happening, even though he already knows it it still shows him that you're saying, hey, God, I want you to be a part of my life, and I need you in it. So just praying to God about everything that you have going on, anything that's just 
struggle or even if it's good and you just want to thank him for it, just prayer. Prayer is so, 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 so important. I'm telling you this, if you give your time to these things right here, you can bet your bottom dollar things are going to change. And I, if you're anything like me, you're on your bottom dollar. I love being broke. God's good. God will not keep your life the same because he wants to do amazing things. That's why it says in James 4, James 4, 8, if I could uh, work here. It says in James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. We're going to skip the part where he tells us to wash our hands because we're sinners. <laughs> but if you come near to God and he will come near to you, you take one step to God, he's going to take a thousand more to you. So don't, don't miss that. It took me a long time to realize that. And when I did, it actually changed my life a lot. <clears throat> so these are some experiences that I've experienced that encourage me to keep following Christ and just keep me going. Uh, so most of you guys know him. He's kind of cute. His name's J.J. Rodriguez. I stuttered there. My bad. Um, it was at the first time I ever went to summer camp, summer camp 2018. Uh, uh, it was during worship. JJ was just standing at the front praying for people, being the godly man that he is. And I was just there, and I was just worshiping, praying, and stuff like that. And God told me to have JJ pray for me. But before I could even move a muscle, JJ started walking towards me and laid hands on me and started praying for me. And everything that he was saying applied to my life at that moment. Um, this next story is probably the only reason that I'm here right now. Uh, this is the story of how I met Joey and Johnny. So it was a Sunday, or it was like probably a Saturday. My mom was telling me about how I was in that place, that awkward place, when you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. And my mom was telling me that I should work. So if anyone knows me, I work, for, like, I work with special needs kids. So my mom was telling me that I should do a thing as a physical therapist for special needs. So that following Sunday, I come to church, uh, pretty new, so I didn't really like, talk to anyone or anything. Corey comes up, says his thing, hey, if you need a connect group, come to me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm the pastor, doing whatever, gosh. <laughs> so naturally, I went up to him, and I was like, hey, I ain't got a connect group. And he originally told me to go with someone else, and I want to say it's Marty, but I'm not sure. Uh, he told me to go with someone, but then he was like, wait, 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 nah, 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 go with Johnny. So then I went with Johnny. I was like, all right, who's this guy? And naturally, went right in that room and sat in the back as far away from people as I could, because uh, that's just what you do. And the first thing Johnny said was, hi, my name's Johnny. I'm a physical therapist. And then the next thing that Joey said was, hi, I'm Joey. I'm a special ed teacher. And I thought that was really like interesting for like the day before my mom was telling me I should be a special ed physical therapist. And then I get introduced to these two guys that do both of those things. So that instantly opened up conversation. And I started having conversation with Johnny, like, a lot. And he was like, oh, dude, that's, yeah, you could do this, do that. Uh, you play guitar, dude, we should get you on the team. I was like, you don't even know me. Like, I could be a murderer. You're trying to put me on your team? I've been to prison. You know what the worst part of prison was? The Dementors. 50-50, 50-50. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think 
meeting Johnny really put me in this place of where I am right now, and I don't think if it was for him, I wouldn't be here. Sadly, I didn't get to know Joey until uh, the first summer camp that I went to, but that's when me and him really connected. This last one is a story. If anyone knows the older men on Sunday, his name is Reggie Wheeler. He's an OG. He's, he's great, dude. <laughs> so I was greeting one time, and he just came up to me and said, I love how you're here every Sunday greeting. And he said, you're doing what most of us should. You're, um, you can be the only Bible some people read. So by the way you are acting and the way you are serving people and treating people so generously and just showing the grace of God just from the way you act is so important. So remember that. You can be the only Bible some people will ever read. So show anyone the grace of God that you can in the few moments that you have. So those are the stories that have like kept me going and stuff like that. Um, so I've had great experiences with people and Christ. And I got to this point where I wanted more. So I ended up getting baptized. Um, let me tell you something. This was the greatest thing I could have ever done. And I'm so thankful for Corey and Amber for just giving us this place to grow in God and get, get, to, get to that point, you know, where we want more to where we get baptized. You guys, this place is something so special. It really is. It's a place to grow. It's a place to fail. And it's a place to make friends and become family. And we get to grow closer to God every, every time we come here, every week. Um, I know it's been life-changing <clears throat> in my story. And if it's been life-changing in yours, I would love to hear afterwards. Um, so I got baptized right before summer camp this year. And while I was at summer camp, I felt God speak to me during worship. And all he said was, I love you and I'm proud of you. And I don't know who needs to hear that, but God loves you and he's proud of you. So just remember that even through all your mistakes, what you did last Friday, what you did this Friday, whatever you've done, God loves you and he's proud of you. Woo, almost spilled my water. <laughs> so as it says in Philippians 3.13, keep pressing forward. Press into God every single day because every single day is a gift. Give God your time and he will do amazing things, I promise. My name's Matthew. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pray real quick so I can get out of this thing because I'm sweating. <laughs> Woo. All right. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everything that you've done and just giving us this place. God, I want to pray for believers to become followers. I pray that you show us the steps that we need to take to become followers. God, make the steps obvious. God, change us. We want change. Start with us. And God, help us give you the one thing that is most valuable to us, our time. Because if we give you our time, there's nothing you can't do in our lives and in our stories. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, can we give it up for Matthew one more time sharing this story? Hey, before, uh, before this next speaker comes up, I just got to echo a few things. Um, but before I do, uh, I just wanted to say to, uh, to Linda, Linda and Russell, um, thanks so much for, uh, thank you for sharing your son with us because, um, like, when we say things like, like, he's a little brother to me, like, we mean it, and, uh, 
when I say things like, like Matthew is like what Bridge Youth is all about. And like, we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't be Bridge Youth without Matthew. Um, and if you guys didn't choose to share your son with us, like we wouldn't have him. So thank you guys. You guys are the real legends in this story. Can you give it up for the Mantel family? Um, really quick, before we move on, um, I just want to echo a couple of things that, that Matthew said. Uh, first being, um, and like, I can't tell you for how many, really quick, how many, how many of y'all, like, you grew up in church? Like, boom, already, like, you relate with Matthew. Like, if Matthew were to break out into Father Abraham, have many sons, and many sons have, like, the, those of you like me who didn't grow up in church, you're sitting here like, what are they singing right now? Uh, I don't know what's going on, right? Like, <clears throat> but I've seen so much, y'all, like so much young people who grow up in church and they think that that means they get to inherit their parents' faith. Yo, you can have hand-me-down clothes, but you can't have hand-me-down faith. Like, you gotta have a faith of your own. And I love that Matthew's a young dude who has a faith of his own. Why? Because remember his first point, he went from believing to following. They're two different things, man. Like they're two, like the Bible says, hey, even the demons believe. Like, Bible, did you just compare me to demons? Like, okay. Um, even demons believe, man. Like there's one thing to believe in God. It's a different thing to follow God. And I think tonight, having heard Matthew's story, there's some people in this room that maybe you even grown up in church. Maybe you grew up in this church, like you've been here every Sunday, every Wednesday, every single event, all that, like since the womb. But tonight, having heard this, you're going to go from believing to following. And you might be like, well, what does that look like? I'll just jump to another one of Matthew's points. Just giving God your time. You're, like, like you're not going to catch someone hopping on this platform getting religious like, you've got to read your Bible for four hours a day. <laughs> You've got to wake up praying, go to sleep praying. When you're in between first and second period, pray, because if you don't, you're going to hell. Like, you're just not going to catch us saying that. What are you, you going to catch us saying? Things like Matthew, Matthew saying, yo, just do the verse of the day. Start with you. Okay, you're not, you're not reading any Bible? One verse. Because we know this. Once you've had a taste, you're going to get hungry for more. And you got one verse, before you know it, you're going to be reading two and three. Before you know it, you're going to be reading a chapter. Before you know it, you're going to be the type of person that's reading their Bible like, yo, I've been here 30 minutes and I, I still want more. Give God. Give God just a little bit of your time because when you take one step towards him, he'll take a thousand steps towards you. Um, one last thing that, uh, that I want to point out that, that Matthew talked about was... Um, if you want, this was, I, I know I'm kind of jumping around at points, but he said, if you want change, let God start with you. Let God start with you. I know for a lot of us, we come from, we come from different backgrounds and different lives, and for some of you, you come from families that you're like, yo, I love all this, this is all great, this is fine, this is dandy, this is cool, but like, you don't know what I go home to every week. I get it. We get it. No one's perfect. Like, nobody's perfect. You might look at the Mantel family sitting down front and be like, they're perfect. They're not perfect. Like, they ain't perfect. They're as quirky as it gets, and I love it, but they're not perfect. No, like, you can't go and, like, think I'm just, like, no, God, you need to change my mom, you need to change my dad, you need to change my brother. You definitely need to change my little brother. God, you need to get rid of the cat, because this is just a demon. Um, 
but God, like, no, 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 just do this. Let God start the change in you, and the change in you will start a chain reaction around you. I promise you that. I'll end by just quoting pretty much the last thing Matt said. Give God your time, and there's no limit to what he can do with your story. Amen? One more time. Can we give it up for Matthew sharing his story? It's awesome, man. So good. Um, hey, so, so right now we, we had... Um, we had another person plan to come and to speak and to share their story, but, but last minute she got sick and, and, uh, and she wasn't able to make it. And so yesterday I text, um, text someone who is really like, like Matthew, is like a, a brother to me. And um, there's not very many people that I would hit up and, and say the day before, hey, can you come share your story? Uh, but this young man, he's, he's called to be a pastor. He's called to be a preacher. He's called to full-time ministry. So I told him, uh, yeah, you just got to get used to it. This is a learning opportunity. Um, and he said, yeah. I want, and I, I told him, hey, could you, would you feel comfortable? He said, yeah, I'm in. I want to do it. I'm so excited. And he shared some of what he's going to share with you tonight with me. And, and I promise you, like, don't let this be as we're transitioning the moment where you disengage, where you back off, where you kind of uh, 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 get tired. And no, 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 don't get distracted. What you're going to hear, it's, it's going to bless you. Whether you're in the season or out of a season, it will bless you. I promise you that. Um, this guy is probably the most genuine dude I've ever met in my life. And um, no matter where he goes, he is himself. And he doesn't let anybody or anything shift or change who he is. On top of that, he's one of the most teachable and submissive and humble people I've ever met. Somebody who's literally come to me and said, Corey, if I'm being stupid, tell me I'm being stupid. If I'm being dumb, tell me I'm being dumb. Just help me grow, because I want to follow all that God has for me. And I don't know that I've seen a man this young follow the call of God on his life as, uh, I'll just say as viciously as this guy's following the call of God on his life. And so I'm so excited for him to get to share some of his story with you. Um, you know him. We love him. Put your hands together for J.J. Rodriguez. How's everybody doing today? I'll say this right now, I'm not going to be as funny as Matt. He is much funnier than I am. I am a sorry excuse as a human compared to Matt. So <laughs> I'm just going to say that right off the bat. But um, Corey's really trying to make me cry out here, uh, making my eyes uh, water. You know, thugs cry too. But man, I'm just really excited to be here and to be speaking with you guys. Um, it's always a privilege to speak on the platform at Bridge Youth and it's, it's crazy. I'm excited. I'm really excited to get into this. But going back to what Matt said, um, a funny, a crazy thing about that story that he said how I prayed for him or he felt like God was telling him uh, to get prayed by me, right? That's what you said. In that moment, I felt the urge by God to pray for Matt. And so I was like, oh, dude, like this doesn't usually happen a lot of time during camp. Like I was at the front along with the other leaders and they come to us when they have prayer. And I saw Matt, I was like, there's something, I was like, God wants me to pray for Matt right now. And so I went, and this was just a crazy supernatural moment. I prayed for him then, and now we're both preaching together. Hallelujah, come on. 
Hey. <laughs> but for those of you guys who do not know me, my name is JJ Rodriguez. I am currently 19 years old. Um, I graduated high school about a year ago or two. And um, today I wanted to just sit down and just give you guys some advice, really, about what it's like to be non-Christian and what it is now to be Christian. Um, I wasn't raised Christian, and so I think you guys, who, who wasn't raised Christian? Raise your hand if you weren't raised Christian. Okay, for the solid, like, five of you guys, you guys are my people, and I love you guys. And so I want to start it off with my first point, and it's called walking blindly. Walking blindly. I have about 12 minutes on the clock. I plan on using all 20 of it. So let's go. So we bring me back to 2008. I was in my house doing my thing, and I was showering. So I was showering, right? And my mom, for whatever reasons, I don't know if you guys can relate with me, but parents always want to bug you when you're doing the most randomest stuff. I'm not bug. Sorry, that was rude. This is BCJJ already coming out, talking about my past. No, I'm saying, like, they want to ask you, like, I'm all here showering, you know, like, singing my songs or whatever, you know, and I just hear, JJ! I'm like, oh, my gosh, what? You know what I mean? Like, yes, mom, you know what I mean? And no, but so during this time, like, my mom usually says JJ, whatever, when I'm in the shower or the bathroom or whenever I'm comfortable in, in the moment where she can ruin that. And so I was showering, and my mom, she's like, JJ! And I don't know what it was, but I thought in my head, it'd be so funny if I didn't say anything. And I'll act like, because I didn't say anything, I will act faked dead. So when she comes and opens the door, I will be laying down on the ground, dead. And so my mom was like, keep in mind, I didn't grow up Christian. Don't judge me now. My mom, my, my mom comes up, JJ. And, you know, I'm like. You know, I'm like laying down. You know it gets cold when your head's not under the water. So this was commitment. I'm out here laying down. And my mom's like, JJ. Like my mom is Mexican. She gets loud. And so JJ. And then she was like, like at this point she was confused. Like she was concerned. And I was an eight-year-old boy in the shower. You know, I just barely learned to wash my body. And so, <laughs> and I still miss some spots. No, but listen. <laughs> so my mom comes in and then she opens the door and I'm like, I don't know why I had my tongue out like a possum, you know, I'm like, and my mom's like, ah, and then she slams the door, you know, she's like, JJ, and I was just laughing, and I was dying, I thought it was so funny, and then she started crying, and so I was like, there's one thing about messing with your parents, but there's one thing when they, when your, when your mom cries, it just hits different, I don't know what it, you could be in the complete wrong, if she just sheds one tear, like, mom, I'm sorry, I'm a horrible kid, <laughs> but, <laughs> So my mom was crying, and I just felt really bad. And it made me think that some things seem like a good idea until they're not a good idea. <laughs> and so I want to take you guys to the scripture, Matthew 7, 13 through 14. It says this, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. I remember before I became Christian, my concept of life was live good, live the American dream, and you've made it. Like, so from the day, and I feel like this is a lot for people who are non-Christian, like all of, our, all of us, whether you had religion in your um, life at all or not, like for me, like my concept of God is though I believed in him, like it was, it was just like a belief. Like I knew there was a creator, but the idea of following or being devout follower to Jesus or 
whether that's like Muhammad, no matter what religion it was, I wasn't assigned to one religion. I just had this idea that there was a God. And so growing up, to me, it was like, okay, I go to school. And I was playing soccer at the time, so I was like, okay, I'll go to school. Um, I'll just grind out in soccer. Um, I'll get a full ride, and then after my full ride, I'll get a really good job, and I'll make six figures. And then after I make six figures, I'll have a wife on the way there. And I, when I have my wife, you know, we're going to make babies, you know. I'm not going to get into detail about how that happens. But um, so, no, but I'm going to have a family. And from that, like, the basic American life or the, the, the ideology behind it is like, you know what? I'm going to become successful, and my life will be good in the process. But there's so much that is left out within that. And I lived my life thinking that, as long as I'm living a good life, right, a good life according to my standards or whatever, it means that everything will be okay. And that changes when you meet God. I remember when I became, like, I think about it now, like, now that I'm a Christian, I think, man, my story really, really isn't all that deep. But, like, hearing Matthew's story, I think in my head, dude, I deserve to be in jail. Like, what the heck was wrong with me compared to, like, people who were, like, who were raised Christian and stuff. And so I just want to tell you guys some things that I did wrong as a kid, <laughs> or real, not as a kid, but when I became, I became a Christian at the age of 16. So I was prideful. I thought everything in life revolved around me. I thought, like, if you disagreed with anything that I wanted to do, then you were like a burden in my life. You were something that just got in the way of my happiness, because happiness to me was subjective. And so because it was subjective, if anyone wasn't fitting in into my criteria for life or happiness, then you were out. And I claimed to love people during that time of my life, which is very funny. Um, I was an ungrateful son. Um, many of you might not know this about me, and a lot of things I'll be telling you today that you didn't know about me. But me being an ungrateful son, I used to cuss out my parents. And I would say I was the king of talking back. Anyone wants to argue that, I will debate you. I was the king of talking back. And it's still a struggle to this day, so pray for me. No, but seriously, like... I talked back, and I, I didn't think, if I stand up, you know, I'm going off. But I'm not going to stand up, but if I stand up, you guys tell me to relax, okay? But I talked back like crazy. Like, I remember this one time, I, my mom was like, go do the dishes. And I was like, man, like, it was one of those moments, right? I was in my bed, you know, I was all comfortable, yeah, whatever. And so, you know, I'm kicking the whole, like, you know, you guys remember the, the message app kick? Does anyone remember? <laughs> Losers. That's a lame generation you're a part of praying for you no but kick was lit and so you know i was in a little group chat and kick you know hitting at a girl right to be honest you the simple thing but <laughs> where was i going with this no so i remember this one time i told my mom was like uh wash the dishes and i was like oh i didn't say anything and then like i kind of ignored it she's like wash the dishes and i was like fed up so i was like you wash the dishes like i said y'all are looking at me like that's this is me right now this happened last week. No, I'm totally playing. <laughs> no, but I told, I, told my mom, I told my mom, like, and I felt no remorse for moments like that. Some of you people who are not Christian even today wouldn't even do that. And I was wilding, or like I would cuss at my parents and stuff. And I remember my mom in that moment, she said, okay, wait for your dad to get home. <laughs> my dad gets home. I, he walks past me, goes upstairs, and you guys know the dangle from a belt, right? I ran to the restroom, and I slept there for 30 minutes, and then I walked up to my room. No, but I was that type of kid, like, I cussed at my parents. I was super ungrateful, and I just want to say this. For the people in the room who have a mother and a father, or even just a mother, or even just a father, or even guardians, or you're a foster kid, whatever that may be, 
If you have someone in your life that cares enough about you to put food in your plate, uh, clothes on your back, a house, a roof over your head, like, be grateful. And it doesn't, like, here's the thing. With parents, with parents, and here's the thing. I would never have said this. I would, this version of me would have never said what I'm saying right now. Parents do their best. You're never going to agree with your parents. Even to this day, I disagree with my parents on a lot of things. But it doesn't mean you disobey them. You're rude to them, and you mistreat the people who brought you into this life. And as my mom would say, I can take you out of it. And so, <laughs> but in reality, like, and it feels like, I know it feels like life is over when they take away your Xbox, or they tell you you can't go out with your friends, or they catch you with your vape, or whatever it may be. I know you may seem like life is over, but in reality, your parents care enough about you to keep you away from wrong than to just let you walk in your, or keep you to, keep you toward, I mean, they want to push you towards good, and keep you away from wrong. My next point, I was very lustful. Um, <laughs> this part is scary to me, but, and maybe, I've never shared this on a public setting, so I need to drink a little bit of water for this. I was lustful, and my boys know exactly, like, my, my past in regards to that, but I'm going to just keep it OG. I'm going to keep it a 1,000, as my boy Victor would say. Um, at the age, around 12 to 11 years old, I was already watching pornography by the age of 11 to 12. And then by the age of, by the age of 14, by the age of 14, I already, already lost my virginity. By the age of 14, bro. Like, if I can look at anyone here who's 14, I think in my head, like, you're a little baby. And we like, here's the thing. As much as I would, like, if someone in my position, as much as I could glorify my past and glorify, oh, I did this at a young age, like, I think more than anything, I was such a coward. And the reason I say that is because the fact that at that age, I looked at a girl, or I would say a girl at the time, that I used them specifically just for my pleasure. And that's not at all what a, God, a man, first of all, man, whether you're religious or not, should be rather than a godly man. To use girls or to view girls as a source of pleasure to view their body parts or view that. And I know people make it a joke like, oh, I'm with her for the personality. But like, when was the last time you liked a girl seriously for her character or you liked a guy seriously for his character? Because at the end of the day, if someone is just giving a part of themselves to you the same way I did when I was 14, I wouldn't say they really like you. I'm just saying that they're in, they're, they want to they wanna be involved with you in a way that it's, it's temporary. It's not worth it. Pornography completely changes your mindset towards girls. And there's no one in this room who can deny that. If you're currently, this, I've heard Corey say this, so I'm allowed to say it. And if you don't like it, then email Corey. I'll give you his email. But if you're in a relationship right now, I don't care how old you are, and you're still watching pornography. And I know we don't talk about it, but girls struggle with this too. And I'm not going to get into that because I'm not a girl. But for the guys in the room who struggle with pornography and are still with a girl, I just want you to know, first of all, you don't belong in that relationship. And second of all, that's considered cheating because you are lusting over another woman while claiming to love just one. Sorry I went into that, but I, I feel like I needed it when I was 14, and I feel like you guys needed it now. It's not worth it. It's a temporary pleasure. And it's so beautiful when you get to use and experience that temporary, not temporary, that long-lasting pleasure in regards to marriage and the context in which God put it in. I was a cheater. 
girls are not gonna like me after this one. I was a cheater. I didn't, I, okay, this is really, this is a hard one for me because I cheated a lot on tests and homework and stuff in high school. And it'd be really hard for me not to say like to do it yourself. But I realized that it starts with that because in those moments when I cheated on homework and stuff, it made me think that I can cheat on anything in my life. Whether that was homework, whether that was people. And I cheated on that, on my first girlfriend freshman year numerous I mean no multiple times and I felt no remorse in regards to doing it I know it's crazy and I know it's very vulnerable and I know people should be throwing stones at me right now but I'm telling you this because I want you to know that I've experienced a life without Christ and I know what it's like to like I look back at my life and I think I'm just afraid of who I would have been. I gotta chill because I got more. But and the last worst thing I did to line up the mood, I wore purple skinny jeans when I was little. During the new boys phase, I used to wear the purple, the green, and the red skinny jeans. I was a little jerk, you know. I'm not gonna flex on y'all right now though, but. The reality is I was walking blindly through life. And a lot of us today who don't have a Christian background or don't have Christ in your life, I'm telling you this, you can live a good life easily if it's according to your standard. Anyone can do that. Anyone can set the standard for their life and say it is good. Because it's a subjective thinking in regards to what you think the purpose of life should be. So if I thought that cheating was okay, but I could still live a good life, then I was living a good life if you asked me. But in reality, I didn't know what good was until I knew who God was. Because God sends his son into the world to be the perfect standard of what good is. He's the only thing that was able to be good because every single one of us in this room has sinned before. And if you want to argue with that, I don't even have to argue with you because I can ask you right now, raise your hand if you haven't lied. And if you raise your hand, you just sinned right there. But everyone in this room has sinned. Everyone in this room has lied before or has looked at a girl or a guy with lust before. Like there's so many things that we have all been guilty of. And so the standard of good isn't what you created or what you think in your head is good because then you're walking blindly through life. And this passage says that wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction it's so easy to walk the road that everyone else is walking because you're with them on the wide road it doesn't feel like any different and when you realize i realized when i became a christian my circle became so much smaller because that narrow path requires less people in order to follow it and it's not easy at all but it's totally worth it and so going into my second point my second point is called good news Romans 6.23, it says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This, um, I'm not sure, I, wanna, this is, I wasn't going to do this, but I feel like it's necessary just for the point. Uh, raise your hand if you know what the gospel is. Honestly, if, you, if someone said, you can, hey, can you explain the gospel? Honestly, if you feel like you can explain the gospel very well, raise your hand. Okay. I remember I went to um, Chaparral, and I'm not calling not calling them out at all or anything like that. But I remember I asked them, I said, like, do you guys know what the gospel is? And none of them raised their hand. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, 
the gospel is the main thing that fuels us as Christians. Like you can give, you, here's the thing, when I became Christian, I looked into Christianity as like a source of a, like a philosophy or a thing that would make my life better, who would turn me, turn me who was okay person to a, a good person. But I rea like in reality that Christianity isn't about some type of philosophy. It's not about living better. It's not about a moral guideline. And this is, and some of you might be confused, but it's not even about heaven. It's about a person. And the person's name is Jesus Christ. And when you really understand what he actually did when he came onto this earth, and you realize that he didn't have to do it, it's crazy. So I just want to share this with you. It says, for the wages of sin is death. When you go back to the story of Adam and Eve, we see that Adam and Eve both took a bite out of the apple, or the, I'm not going to say apple because it didn't say that specifically. I'm just going to say an apple, okay? And so Adam and Eve take a bite out of this fruit. And so in one moment, they go from having perfect unity with God, perfect unity, perfect relationship. They knew his voice. They knew his presence. They had everything perfect. And they had the whole garden of Eden to tend. It was perfect creation with a perfect creator. And in one moment, they went from perfect unity to complete disobedience, complete betrayal, and complete neglecting the God who created them. And so in one moment, people who had never felt shame before in their lives felt shame, and then sin and death entered into the world. And so what happens after this? We see, like, I don't, I don't know if you guys understand this, but... Like with your parents, when you disobey your parents, it, I know it feels fun sometimes, but in reality, when I saw my mom cry, it, it broke my heart. Even if it was just a little joke like that, because you don't want to see the people who love you the most be heartbroken. And when I look back at my life and I look at all these things that I was doing, I was disobeying, but more than anything, I was breaking God's heart with the way I lived my life. Walking blindly cheating on girls, doing this and that, doing whatever I may please, just because the world revolved around me. But there's such good news because it says, at the second part of it says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to go to John 8, 2 through 11 real quick. If you guys have your Bibles there, you guys want to use your little glow-up Bibles. Those are cool too. John 8, 2 through 11. I'm going to read 2 through 5 real quick for you first. It says this. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, talking about Jesus, where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The Pharisees, or the teachers of the law, and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? Coming, I, I didn't want to come to church ever because I always felt like I don't, I, I don't belong in a service like this. I don't belong in a church full of people who are raised Christian. I don't belong with people who weren't or who were raised Christian and knew the Bible. And I was nothing but, in my opinion, I was an average person in my head. But in reality, I didn't fit in this picture of what it meant to be a Christian, what it looked like living a Christian life, what it looked like loving people and all that stuff. It didn't. It didn't my life didn't fit that and I felt like this girl where like people are bringing me in and I don't I feel uncomfortable I've been in those seats where you're at right now and I still obviously stay in the seats because I'm not the pastor but for the purpose of me being up here I've sit in those seats before and I felt like man I don't belong here and I've messed up too much there's too much wrong there's too much wrong thinking that I have in my life 
But if we look at this point where, where Jesus starts talking, we continue from 6 through 11, says this. They're using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing Jesus. But Jesus went down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Go now and leave your life of sin. I'm going to say it like this, and I'm going to stand up because when I became a Christian or what made me stay in my faith is the fact that though I rebelled my whole life against God, though I did everything wrong, though I did so many things, God still looked at my life and said it's worth saving you from yourself. You're worth it. He looked at all my sin. He says, I'm not here to condemn you, but I'm here to change you. And now I'm pursuing full-time ministry. And now I view girls so differently. And now I view friends. I'm not watching pornography. All these different things are happening. And I look back and I talk about where I used to be. I don't deserve to be where I am. I don't deserve to be. I didn't deserve people like Corey and Amber in my life. I don't know where I'd be if it were not for the love of Christ. If I wouldn't have heard that there's good news, that though I'm imperfect and though there's so many reasons why I deserve to tell, that though there's so many things that Jesus said it was worth dying on the cross for you. And if you look at the process of the crucifixion, it was a six-hour death where he was whipped, he was fed vinegar, he was doing all these different things just for what? A perfect person dying for imperfect people? I don't know about you, but when I wasn't a Christian, I would have not died for anyone in this room, let alone for people who rejected me, for people who disobeyed me. And Jesus says, bring all that, because I'm not concerned with where you are. I'm concerned with where I'm going to take you. And I'm going to say this, my story, my, my, the way my story started isn't going to be the way my story ends. And who I used to be isn't going to be the person I die. Because to the day I die, I'm going to tell people that there's a bigger hope. That there's more to life than possessions. There's more to life than the girlfriend. There's more to life than to vaping. There's more to life than to drugs. There's more to life. And it's not just a temporary life. I'm talking about eternity. And so I have two tips that I want to give you guys. I call it big brother advice. A little cornball thing to say. One first tip is this, temporary fun is not worth losing out on never-ending joy. I'm going through one of the toughest seasons of my life, but I know this, that if it wasn't for Christ, I would not feel the peace that I have today. The temporary joy, and I'm regarding to the sports, anything that you can think of that can take the place of joy in your life over God. There's nothing in, comp in comparison to knowing Jesus. I remember I heard a pastor, he said it like this, he said, if you could have the whole world, everything in this life, 
every great thing, all the money and all the stuff, all the things that heavens have to offer, but Jesus wasn't there, would you still take it? I don't, I'm saying this, get to know Jesus so well that he's the one thing you rely upon because he's not only going to be the person that makes your life joyful in this life, but he's going to be the one who gets you into eternity with him in heaven for the next. And my last and second advice is this, tell everyone you can about the good news and fight for your friends and family. I don't care how messed up you are in your life. I don't care if you had sex yesterday. I don't care if you smoked yesterday. I don't care if you smoked before service. I don't care if you're going to smoke tomorrow after service. If I can preach to you the beauty of Christ and what he did for you, then I'm not concerned with where your sin is right now because I know God is going to clear that up because that's how good he is. So I'm not going to, so for the people today who are giving up on friends, who are giving up on family, when you're looking at someone, you're saying, oh, that person is too far gone. Let me ask you this. Where were you? Where was I when someone first, when Jesus first met me? What if Corey and Amber looked at all the sin in my life and said, oh, this kid's too messed up. This kid is too far gone in his ways. But there's a difference that you make as Christians when you begin to love people where they're at. Because you have hope and you have faith that Jesus is going to take them to a place that you can't even imagine. And it's called faith. So tell everyone about the good news of Christ and what he did for people like myself who had no hope. You've heard my story or a part of my story. And there's even worse things that I've done and there's things that I'm not proud of. But I'm going to tell you this. I might not be perfect, but I'm thankful that I am redeemed. And I'm thankful that now I live a life that is so much different compared to where I used to be. But that's not something re that religion offers. That's not something that ideology offers. That's not something that science or a, a thought process or morals offers. It's something that one person offers. And his name is Jesus. And not only did he offer you a new life, but he gave up his own so you can have an abundant life. And I want to pray for you guys. Also, if everyone can bow their heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. God, I'm thankful that despite the past of everyone in this room, whether it's me with this on stage or the students sitting down, God, that we all have a story that can glorify you. That through the brokenness of our lives, through the brokenness of our sin and all these things that we rebelled against, God, that you used it all for your glory and you died for us regardless of what you saw because you saw what we could be and where we could go and so I'm thankful Jesus that you looked at us and though we didn't deserve your love you saw us and you endured the cross with joy because you knew that your children would be home with you and in the name of Christ on behalf of all of us as a family we give thanks to the name of Jesus and everybody said amen amen can we say thank you to JJ sharing this story Um, as you head off stage, JJ, let me just say thank you. Um, thank you for being transparent. Uh, one of the things I, I complimented JJ on was being genuine. And um, it's funny how uncomfortable people sometimes get when people become genuine. And if some of y'all in church right now are like, wait, 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 wait. Like, I didn't expect, like, this was what church is like. Wait, what do you mean broken people go to church? Like, yeah, like. If I were to take a poll and be like, hey, how many of y'all are sinful and broken? Like those of us who call this place home would be the first to throw both hands up in the air. Like, 
those of you who believed what JJ believed, that you don't belong, you don't have to be perfect. That's why Jesus was perfect. I don't have to be perfect. Some of you just heard JJ's story like, you know, like, wow, he, he really was in a pretty dark place. Some of y'all, if you heard my story, you'd be like, yo, this dude's a pastor. Not only because he listens to Avenged Sevenfold, but like, because that's what he, but Jesus died on the cross and took everything that I deserve so I could have everything that he deserves. And he looks at you and he says, like when he looked at JJ, when he looked at me, when he looked at Matt, and he said, you, you're worth it. He looks at you and he says, you are worth it. He's not looking at the improved, better version of you. He's looking at you right now because he loves you exactly how you are. He just loves you too much to leave you that way. I can tell you, like, I've walked this journey with JJ for the last three years. He is not the same dude he was three years ago. If you want change, let me echo what Matt said. Let God start with you. God has such incredible plans for your life. And um, there's something I want to pray in just a little bit. But uh, as JJ was talking, he had said something that like just resonated with me. And it was, uh, I can't imagine who I would have been if God didn't intervene. I grew up on the wrong side of Riverside and just about all of my friends that I, I was growing up with and I was skating with and I was hanging out with before I got saved. No joke, y'all, like almost every single one of them are either in jail, dead, or up to no good. If God didn't intervene in my life, I don't know where I would be. And I look back like how JJ looks back. And the reason that we get choked up about this stuff is because if not for God, like, I don't know, I don't know where I would be. And I look at who I was and I think like there's, I could, I could never deserve what God did for me. And you might be sitting here thinking the same thing, but can I tell you, you don't have to deserve it. That's just how good God is. He loves you so much, so much that he sent his son to die for you. And some of you, you've heard these stories and some of you, you relate to and you resonate with Matt. And you're someone who's been in church for a long time and you're, you believe in God, but you know you're not following him. Tonight can be the night you make the decision to follow him. Some of you, like JJ, have been in a pretty dark place and while you're looking down the road of life, you see just a couple years ahead of you and you don't like where this road's gonna lead. Can I tell you, you can have a new beginning tonight. Like a GPS, God, God does not, uh, he does not tell you get to the best point A for me to get you to point B. No, no, no. He just immediately gives you the best route based on your current location where you're at right now. And if that's you, can I tell you there's hope. There is hope. So with every head bowed, with every eye closed, nobody looking around, I know that this is a public setting, that this is such a private moment right here. Um, you've heard some before and after stories and some of you are 
we have on, on our graphic, instead of the word end, we have this slash. And some of you, this moment right here is that slash. And you're literally moving from your before into your after right now. Going from believing to following choosing that new road and that new life and walking away from what it is that you're living in right now because you're realizing as you heard these stories that God has so much better plans for you. So right here, right now, in just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to give your life to God. I like looking at it like this as we're talking about stories. It's like giving the pen of your life to God and saying, God, I want you to write the next chapters of my story. So if that's you tonight and you would say, Pastor Corey, I want to I give the pen over to God. I want to give him my life. I don't want to just believe. I want to follow him. If that's you tonight, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, in just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And I want you to respond in a really simple way. When I get to three, I just want you to raise your hand. Just real quickly, I just want you to raise your hand. And here's why. Because I believe when we respond on the outside to what's happening on the inside, it solidifies it in our heart, in our souls, in our story. And so right here, right now, this is your moment. This is your time. This is it. If you want to give the pen of your life to God and allow him to write these next chapters, I promise you that it'll be the best decision you ever make with your life. This is your moment. This is your time. When I get to three, you raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. All over this place. If that's you, raise your hand. Hands going up all over the place. Anybody else? Anybody else? No one's looking around. It's just me. This is the best decision you'll ever make with your life. I promise you that. I promise you that. So proud of you. So proud of you guys. It's the best decision you'll make with your life. Hey, still with every head bowed, with every eye closed, I know that this might be a little distracting for a moment, but this is so important. If you're raising your hand and you have your cell phone on you, go to your phone, open your Instagram app right now, right now. Go open your Instagram app. Um, on the screens, for those of you who are doing this, um, there's some directions here. I want to get you these videos from me called The Next Seven Days. Here's the reality. You just started a new story, but you're not meant to walk this story alone. This is just seven videos we're going to send you through Instagram. Um, we're not going to blow up your Instagram, nothing like that. Just DM us the words next seven and we'll take care of the rest. We'll get you these videos. Uh, we'll get in connection with you. We want to walk this out with you. And I know that might be weird going over and, and DMing us, but I promise you this, you guys. Like, as JJ just talked to you as an older brother, let me talk to you as an older brother. As an older brother, let me help you walk this out. I promise you this. You will be blessed by these videos. It'll be uh, uh, some help in, in direction and how to pray, how to read your Bible, how to walk out this new journey. I promise you this. It'll help you out. So if you, if you got your Instagram, uh, hit next seven days in our DMs and we'll get back to you. Uh, after service, if you don't have your phone, we, got a, we have a box right over here at HQ. You can fill out a card. We'll get in contact with you to get you these, these videos. But this is the best decision you've ever made with your life. If you still need time, go ahead and do that. But what we're going to do next is we're going to pray. We're going to pray together. And praying... Um, it's really, it's really just talking to God. And so I know for some of you who just raised your hand, you've never prayed before. So don't worry, you can chill. I'm going to give you some words. And, and because we're a family, every single person in the room is going to repeat these words together. But these aren't some magic words. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to believe them with our heart as we say them with our mouth. And the Bible says that if we do that, that we will be saved. We will be redeemed. And you might sit here thinking, that's too easy, I don't deserve it. 
Well, take it from my boy JJ. None of us deserve it. But that's how good God is. So hey, right there, everybody, right out loud, would you just repeat these really simple words right after me? Mean them from the depths of your heart. Say this right out loud after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm gonna follow you. Here's the pen, you write the next chapters. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now?